What's up, guys? This is your host, Danny Baylor, Danny Cakes, and you are listening to the Immeasurably More podcast. All right, you guys, welcome back. I am so, so excited to introduce to you my second guest on the podcast on today's episode. But real quick, if you have not had a chance to go check out my last episode, whether you're looking to explore your relationship with God or you're jumping back into your faith, I share with you some insight on what I feel are some great steps to moving forward. And um, regardless, you guys, how eager God is to love on you. So go ahead and check out that last podcast. But like I said, I'm so, so pumped today for my second guest ever, you guys. And it's honestly so surreal for me to be sitting here looking at her and finally having this conversation one-on-one with this woman. You guys, she is also among the top 1% in our company. (laughs) She is one of a kind. You guys, she's a powerhouse. She is an incredible leader and she has a way of making you fully believe that you are unstoppable. She brings the fire, you guys. And she too has a podcast called Level Up with Debbie Neal. That's right, Debbie. You guys, I'm totally fangirling right now. I am that girl. And so basically on the in the beginning of my journey, my business on the way to the top, you guys, Debbie was by far one of the most influential people who helped me to transform and really sharpen my mindset um, as a leader. And in my business world, you guys, Debbie took me to church all the time with her trainings. And I just couldn't get enough. She was always on repeat. She made me own feeling set apart that I was truly made for more. I mean, I don't even think she understands the the amount of influence she's had on me. And honestly, just not feeling alone in the way that I felt about being worthy of more. And so if you're curious about where the fire and conviction comes in the way that I speak and the way that I think, you guys, there's a very solid chance it came from this woman. And it's so funny because you know, I listen to her current podcast now and I'm like, shoot, that sounds like something that I would say. And I'm like, well, I wonder where it comes from. Truly her, her influence was just so heavy to me in like that most important transitional period, you guys really of my life. And I could not dream of anyone better to be on this podcast and light it up than with Debbie right now. And so I've learned that there's some serious shifts that's happened in me and can happen in us when we speak so confidently and strong about what we believe and really what we want to create for ourselves. So so I'm so excited to talk with her today. I absolutely know that you will be forever changed by hearing her speak about her story and her mentality. And so, Debbie, I can't thank you enough for being here today and sharing your heart with our listeners and myself, of course. So I want to share with them really about you know your way of thinking from a business mindset, um, how to not hold back into producing really the best version of ourselves, right? About vision, how to step out of being average, all of those things. And so first, I would love for you to just give a little background about your story, who you are, and really where this work ethic mentality came from. Well, oh my gosh. Okay. Well, first and foremost, I'm a mom of four. That's who I am. So I'm a mom of four of four kids that are my absolute world. So my oldest is Brooke, Brookie. And then she's 22. I have Tyler, who's 20. And I have twins that are 16 years old. And honestly, this, my work ethic, my mindset, it's, it's a journey. It's a journey. And so it really starts at whenever we're really ready for it to start. For me, it started way before... Um, I would probably say when I was 13 years old, 12 years old, I was very, very blessed to have a very fortunate life. And I give my whole like backstory on my first podcast, but I was very blessed to have, you know, my college paid for and very generous parents and a comfortable household. And he really felt like I wanted for nothing, but I was 
always taught to work. I worked from a very young age. I was also an athlete. And I didn't just play tennis, right? Just like just like with a business, you could just you could do a business and then you could do a business, right? Mm-hmm. So to give you an idea of who I was as an athlete, I would go out and instead of, you know, being in this percent, I'm like, well, if it took eight hours hitting a ball against a wall with a ball machine to master it, then that's what I'll do when my friends are at the beach or my friends were at camp or whatever they were doing. And so when I was in college, I had two jobs. One of them was actually cleaning toilets at a nursing home. I look back now and I think, you know what, there's this thing called opportunity cost. And I was paid $17 an hour and not to age myself, but I'm 49. So back in college, I was doing that and then waitressing seven nights a week. And then I was in corporate, the director of training for CVS Pharmacy when I got out of college. And there was so many grit and work ethic stories in there. But just to give you the summary of it, and I was home with my children for five years. And I I thought I was that mom before I had Brooke. I will never quit being a professional. I love to work. I'm great at what I do. Me, 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 me. And I didn't set myself up with choices. I didn't have options. I gave birth at 26 years old and I held my baby in my arms and I didn't do any personal growth at the time, you guys. So instead of being grateful and fully present in those three months, I cried every day for three months. I mean, not like constantly, but there was a tear every single day that I had to go back to work and I didn't have a choice and my house ran on two incomes. And so I did it. I went back and, you know, two years later, I walked away from that job because, being a mom was was more important to me than being away for 13, 14 hours a day because I had an eight-hour a day work, but that's not really the way it was in my corporate job. So we made it work. Well, making it work is a lot different than thriving, okay? We were surviving. We had a nice house. We had nice cars, although I was driving a minivan, won't go there. But like, <laughs> we didn't want for anything, but I wanted so much more. So I went to bed every night praying to God for something, something that would allow me to live his purpose for my life, something that would allow me to impact the world, something that would allow me to have choices and really do what I was born to do. And then in 2006, that story changed, right? So Danny and I are in the same company. We, we probably have different journeys in this company. I think we all have different journeys in life, but I'm a very big believer. I didn't start that business or anything else in my life. I don't believe in giving things a try. And I don't believe in giving things a whirl. I mean, you could give a flavor ice cream a try. You can try a restaurant. You can try on a pair of shoes, but you can't try to influence and you can't try to empower and you can't try to make a difference. You either do it or you don't do it. So I'm a very big believer. If you're going to do it, just do it with your entire heart and soul. And you know, I'm sure there'll be a million more questions that we have, but just so you know, that doesn't mean it comes easy. And it doesn't mean you fall in your lap. In fact, um, I've probably hit more roadblocks and more obstacles and sat in more valleys, but the reality is that's where the gift is. And so with, as you grow in your success and as you grow in your faith and as you grow in your mindset and your belief, you build this thing called resilience. And so what resilience is, is you get knocked down. I've been knocked down. But see, the stronger you are, the quicker you get up. And not only that, you come back stronger. Like you literally come back stronger. So you you, you make a decision to build a great work ethic. 
I'm like, you guys, look at that. Just, just there, so much wisdom, right? And you've totally like tapped into so, so many of my questions. I love it. I just love, I love when you speak. I'm so humbled to talk with you because I, like, like you said, like you feel like this was something, you know, you felt like you were praying for and you asked God to give you an opportunity. And like, you don't even understand, like we're not even, you know, in the same team essentially. And you've done so much for me. And like, you're such a huge part of, Oh, I want to get like emotional. Um, like the way that I think and what's like so empowering. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Let me just hop into the questions because I'm just going to be a mess. I didn't expect. Well, to feel I'm this very grateful emotion. for your love. And I, <laughs> and I think that's what people not, not to make this about me, but it's about yeah. anybody. Sometimes we don't realize my goal and my mission is to help other people live their God-given potential, to actually get inside the heart and the souls and the guts of people to, to live out their God-given potential. And so when when we don't do that and when we play small and we, you know, I've been asked many times, well, when is it going to be enough? Or, or isn't it good? Like it's, yeah. it's not about that. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. We all love nice lifestyles. I totally <laughs> love nice lifestyles, but it's about, I didn't, no, Danny, I don't, I don't know you personally. And that's not an insult. I just, I just don't, yeah. I'd like to get to know you better. Hopefully, you know, we're going to be in the same place in August, mm-hmm. but, um, and we, and we can, and have a drink and get to know each other better, but you just never know the, the empowerment you're going to give somebody and the faith you're going to give somebody when you step out in, in faith and step out of your comfort zone and commit to being your very, pe- your very best. It allows other people to become their very best. Yes, absolutely. That's, that's completely like what you master your mentality. And that's literally a question I have for you. It's like, I love to preach and talk about, you know, owning your calling and taking that leap towards more for yourself and your future. And we easily, you know, we're guilty of it too. And I mean, I'm talking about other people, but like we allow so many excuses to keep us from more. And, you know, um, we've learned to turn our excuses into our reasons why. Right. And so I want to like specifically ask you why is playing small such a disservice to ourselves and to other people? And maybe why do they even know what to do, but they don't always take action? And, you know, why do we wait around for the time to feel good or for right to level up? What's, what's your thought on that? Well, here's the one thing. <laughs> There's never, ever, ever the right time. It doesn't yeah. exist. Okay. It doesn't exist in this world. I remember even when I was looking at the business that I started, I was like, it's, it's not the right time in my life. My children were, Brooke was six, Tyler was four. My twins were one and a half. I was watching seven kids in my home under the age of five. Um, I was wearing overalls and Keds. Okay. So let's start there. Let's start there. I was driving a minivan. Who's going to join me? What's going on? I don't believe, like it was all of these things. And I was like, you know what? It's just not the right time. But I had this voice inside of me saying, it's never going to be the right time. And here's the thing in life, you guys, when we find something worthwhile, we all find the time, right? So if if you've already met like your person, the one, okay, imagine this, like you could have a jam-packed schedule, you jam-packed and they could be like, what are you doing tomorrow? But nothing, I'm totally (laughs) free, right? So we make... We make what's important a priority. And so, so many people do not step out of their comfort zone. I had a lot of excuses throughout my life, even in my business, a lot of excuses, justified, real excuses have shown up. I believe it's the devil trying to keep us small. thousand percent. Okay. So what does he do? He preys on our emotions, right? Like, oh, maybe if you, if you, 
if you were a really good mom, <laughs> you wouldn't do this. Maybe you'd stay back and maybe you you wouldn't drive three hours to do that you know, professional commitment that you committed to because a really good mom would stay back. So that to me is preying on my emotions for me to stay small. And why would he want me to stay small? Because I have a ripple effect in this world and I will continue to have a ripple effect in this world to help people build their faith, find their power, spread love, spread joy, spread positivity. And he wants to bring me in the valley. So every time he does, right? I'm like, oh, it's you and me again. It's you and me again. I have my Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman cuffs on. And, you know, there's this meme and it says like, when her feet hit the ground, the devil says, oh crap, she's up, right? So I believe there's always that temptation to play small. I also believe that fear, excuses are really fear disguised, right? It's, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. What if people don't listen to me? What if I can't do it? What if it doesn't work for me? What if I fall? But what if you fly, right? And so nothing in life worthwhile happens inside of our comfort zone. Nothing. And there's no straight road to success at all. It's all about flying and falling and flying and walking and flying and learning. And I think people fear what that's going to look like. I could tell you from experience, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing if you look through it with the right set of eyes. See, I'm not afraid to fall. I'm afraid to stay where I am. Yes. I'm not afraid to share what I do. I'm not afraid to hear the word no, but I am afraid for somebody to look me in the face and say, why didn't you really tell me the potential and the power that I had inside of myself to be more? Why didn't you really play bigger? You know, the, the, the bigger we become, we make room for other people to expand, right? And so when we stay small, we keep a, a cement lid on the people around us. And that includes our family. It includes our friends. It includes people we do business with. Because if you're not going to challenge people, if you're not going to empower people, if you're not going to, you know, remind them of their calling and their purpose, saying, oh, that's good. Or, you know, you, that's good enough. And that's really amazing. It's like, is it your best? Was it your best? Did you give your very best? And it's like, those are the people that I want to surround myself with. Because when we get comfortable, kind of we die, right? Like we live when we continue to expand in our space. You are inside my head and I love it <laughs> because my next question was talking about, you know, you have this like no matter what attitude. It's like regardless of the cards that you're dealt, you know, you never want to play the victim. That's never even an option for you. It's like, and I love that you have this like matter of fact, you know, tough love that you give. Like that's what I just like thrived off of because as women, you know, typically we're like, we want to be gentle and sensitive with our feelings. And you're like, hey, sugarcoating it isn't going to serve you well. Like, so I'm going to be real with you. And so I love when you talk about obviously like leveling up, but it's what you master, but not being stagnant, right? It's like moving forward and how mediocrity is such a death word. And I mean, it is to me and I'm sure it is to you, right? And so how important is it to you to like, to not be average? You know, I know you can probably go on and on, but like something you talk about often is like, what's the difference between having like an average mindset and like a winning mindset and feeling worthy of more? Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I hate the word average. I hate it. <laughs> and I've said many times it should be removed from the dictionary because most people think, oh, if this is average, then I see myself in that group. And it takes a deliberate, I mean, even what we do, there are 
there are 1% and then there's 1%, right? Mm -hmm. In, In any single thing we do, there's an average of that section. And it takes a deliberate, intentional, focused decision to be out of that. But here's the thing. Any one of us could do it. Any one of it. It's called like um, expectation, right? One of the things mm-hmm. is expectation. See, we can all start, whether it's the same company or the same team or the same job or the same sport. Now, we're all born with different qualities and different traits. However, we all kind of have a standard of excellence and expectation, right? And I always tell people, be really careful what you expect because you're going to get it every time. So if you're going to go into a day or into a month or into a business and be satisfied with these results, you're going to get them or less, right? But if we raise what we expect of ourselves and what we expect of others and we work towards that, then we're kind of raising our bar. We're only average if we decide that we're average. We're only average if we play in the sea filled with you know, I always tell you, if you're the largest fish in the room, you're in the wrong room. Stop thinking you're better than you are. Get out of that room. And I do the same thing to myself. I remember like seeing, okay, here's where I am. It's like really great, but like, look where they are and look what they, okay, I need to get to know them and what are they doing and what are they reading and who are they spending time with? And, you know, what are their daily habits? Cause it's our habits, right? It's our habits, behind the mindset and the discipline. It's our, our, in fact, one of the podcasts that I'm recording tomorrow, which is going to come out, I don't even know when, <laughs> it's about like simple, simple habits mm-hmm. that seem so small and insignificant, but they're so powerful in the big picture. Right. And that's typically not as exciting to other people. And so they seek that exactly to understand. They don't understand it's the, the mundane things. I love that. Um, you know, and so I, I think people can look at leaders like us or I mean, obviously, especially you, but like we have it all together all the time or we're always mentally on our A game. And I know that's not the case for me hundred percent. That's almost like what you said, like you go through some of like the most, the more often you're in valleys because you're growing and always pushing to be better. Like there's always like a new level of like what feels average to you. You're like, well, I could be better. Right. And so I think people think that we don't always experience hardships. And so I've learned when I'm vulnerable and expose those things, there's more connections made. And so was there a specific failure that you feel or like a season of, you know, what we referred to as feeling stuck What that was like a big turning point for you. And how did you overcome that? Well, there was quite a few of them. Quite a few. And see, here's the thing. I am vulnerable about stuff when I'm in a position when I'm out of that valley. Yes. Okay. And again, everybody's leadership is different. I don't share when I'm in the valley because that's not vulnerability. It's weakness because I haven't acquired the strength to fully come back stronger, if that makes sense. So I, I always speak of it of a place of here I am. I'm amazing. Here were the lessons. Here's the gratitude. Here's what I've learned. Here's how to avoid it. Or, you know, the lessons that you could, that you can share with other people. But there's been, I don't know how specific we want to get, you know, but there's been, there's been times where, you know, I can remember waking up one day, plugging in my coffee and having, you know, I don't even know, dozens of VPs gone in one day you know, so, and, and it all happened while I was sleeping. So, and that was back in 2011. And, and, and there was, there was many other things. And I can remember that was actually the first time I was actually on my knees saying like, why, like, why, (laughs) like, why me? 
And then you get that answer, you know, with great, with great power comes great responsibility and great power, meaning not power over others, but like power to do more in life, power to influence people for the good, power to transform people into people of faith and visionaries. And so you grow through those times to, in my mind, I prove myself worthy to God. Like you've got this. You don't just say that you love it. You've shown me that you've loved it. You can love through the hard. You can love through the no matter what. You're worthy. Let me bring you the next level of people. Let me bring you the next level of love. Let me bring you the next level of of everything. And you know that was maybe like two or three days of getting over things. You know, as you grow in your love and your faith and your leadership. The valleys come and the obstacles come, but you're able to find the gift so much more. Like I went through a valley, to say the least, the summer of 2020. I, I could make it up if I wanted to make it up. And and at the actually the beginning of 2020, I prayed to God on my knees. I am ready for the next level. I am ready. And then I remember in July looking up, be like, this wasn't my vision. <laughs> but it was his. Mm-hmm but it was his. And that's when your your faith is really, really tested. Yes. You know, it's easy to have faith when everything is going amazing. It's easy to have faith when everything is jiving and moving and flowing. But like, what what about having faith when you actually need to use your words, your words that you 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 share with other people in, in your life, in your situation, to just surrender, to have faith, to look at, look for the light. And, and so I was in the wilderness for a little bit you know, but then like you're, you always end up in the promised land if you stay with faith. And it ended up being one of the greatest times in my life, but I needed to look through a different set of eyes, if that makes sense and find the lessons. My podcast wouldn't be here today. (laughs) If it wasn't for that, if it wasn't for God saying to me, you have a bigger voice, you have a bigger voice and you're not using it. I love that. I agree fully. That, I feel like that's 100% like my story too. But yeah, I love that you see that as like growth and not like a failure that was like, oh, which is not for me, you know? So looking at like your confidence and like as a leader, your position, all the things we look up to and we're like, she has it all together. And probably like you said, like never experienced um, any any struggles or like kickback, same kind of idea. But like, I, mean, I know for sure building, especially to the top and taking on this sort of business, like you, you had opinions come against you. And so what did you do to overcome those? Um, and especially people that were close to you, you know, I think that's something I struggle with a lot and I hear a lot. It's like, Hey, my best friend isn't supportive of what I do or like my mom or whatever. What personally was like your mentality going through that? Well, I definitely came in not looking for approval. Okay. So that was number one. And it wasn't coming from arrogance. It was coming from vision, love, and confidence. I never asked anybody their opinion and I wasn't looking for approval. (laughs) And I think that doesn't have to be verbally said, but it's a mindset, right? So I think there's some people that think, well, like, what will this person think? And what will that person think? And I heard this years ago, but if you ever tried to pay your bills with people's opinions, it doesn't work, right? And I was just committed to never taking advice from anybody more screwed up than I was. So I wasn't (laughs) open for opinions. I wasn't in the convincing business. I'm in the sorting business. I was sharing. I was sharing my heart. I was sharing my vision. I was sharing, you know, I kind of look like if you, if I had the best delicious molten chocolate cake and like with chocolate chips and it was like going with chocolate and I'm like, you know, Danny, you want to try it? Come on, you want to try it? And you're like, 
no, like, you know, maybe I'm going to Maui. Maybe I got to walk the stage and maybe I'm whatever. Okay. You know what? Okay. 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 <laughs> Chase, do you want to try it? You want to try it? And like, but it's so good. You guys have to try it. And so like that, that was my mindset, right? More chocolate for me. Like, I don't even know what to tell you. So, and the people that do have those people in their lives, here's the thing. As we grow and as we expand, number one, we give off a level of energy, right? Because our frequency changes and our energy changes as we expand into the space we were born to be in. And when we change our frequency, we give off like these invisible sound waves, which basically say, I'm untouchable. You can't mess with my energy. You know, a lot of people, when they have opinions, it's because they're just not happy with their life, right? And they also believe they're going to save you. Like, Danny, don't do that. Like, you could do this. Like they, they they do it out of love. Some people do it maliciously, but a lot of people do it out of love. But your love and your vision has to be bigger than anything yeah. else. And I could say from from day one, and for me, that was 2006, it's never – and it's not because I'm special. I just made a decision, which and it was one of my affirmations. I know that I'm living out God's purpose for my life, and that's more important to me than anybody's opinion. He believes in me. He's got my back. I believe in me. My family believes in me. And, you know, there's sometimes I coach people and they'll say, you know, but my my significant other doesn't believe in me. And sometimes it's a significant other, but sometimes people take our business as serious as we take our business. When we're saying we're building something, but our actions are not in alignment with their our words, we're basically giving everybody around us permission to right. not respect our business because we don't respect our business. <laughs> right? So if you were to say, oh my gosh, I, it's a terrible analogy. Like, I love my husband. I love my husband. I love my husband. But everybody sees you out with different people. They're not really going to believe you. Right? Right. So t- totally. My kids make fun of my analogies. Like, wow, that doesn't even make <laughs> sense. Okay. But like, if you were to say, my business is serious, my business, and then nobody sees you doing anything to make it a priority or take right. it seriously. You know, I always tell people if there's something big coming up or there's a conference or there's a meeting or there's a call and anybody has to say to you, so are you going or are you going to be on it? That's feedback. Right. I love that. Yeah. Like you wear your brand. People treat our business the way we allow them to treat our business. Ooh, that's so good. You said, like you said, the permission that you give off for them. Same thing, you know, a relationship. People, we're not responsible for the way people treat us, but we're responsible for what we accept, what we allow, and how we let it affect us, right? So you can only be in that type of situation if you allow it. And I'm not dismissing. There are really different situations that are abusive. I'm I'm not talking about any of that. I'm just talking about like somebody who's not good or not kind or you get what you allow. Right. Right. So the advice I'd give somebody is treat your, treat your business and see your business and schedule your business with intense respect and, and the way you'd want other people to see it. Cause if, if it's wavering, Oh, I was going to do this, but Oh, I didn't even get a chance to work today. Okay. You've just shown everybody around you. It's not a priority. Right. But if they know, this is what's scheduled. I could do this at four because I have something from, I mean, even today I'm like, okay, I could do something, but from two to three, I'm booked. And then I have this, like it's, it's scheduled in. You, there's no, you can't negotiate with it. Yeah. And then 
you know, the, those people that are so opinionated, it's like, you're so focused on like what you believe in, what you're working towards that you start to attract those like-minded people. So then it's suddenly the opinions of others who don't get it or don't necessarily support. Um, You'll outgrow them. Right. You'll outgrow them. You're like, right? It doesn't matter. Because here's the thing. People don't all have to do what I do, but I do expect the people that are important to me to care about what I do. Because I care about what you do. I care about what people do. It would be a very normal conversation for me if you and I did something different. Like, how's it going? Tell me about it, right? I see all those hats hanging on your wall. If you were in the business that you were selling those hats, I'm buying one. (laughs) I'm buying one. Even if it, I actually have a very physically large head. It's physically (laughs) large. So those hats might not even fit on my head, but I would buy one. And that was the person I was before. And th- that's what I would expect. Those are the people I want in my life. Yeah. How can I help you? How can I support you? What can I do? Or even asking, right? Those are the people, you, you kind of make a list of the people you want to do life with, even if they're not in your professional circle. I want to be around people who genuinely care about what I do. And I want to genuinely care about what they do. I love that. That's And that's why I feel like so much about this is, even conversations like this, I'm like, this is just where I belong. I think that's what you you gave me is that feeling of like a sense of belonging. You're like, this is it for me. Like, this just makes sense. It's so clear. And I think probably thing that I loved like the most about you, I was so attracted to like your mentality and just your fire was your your love for vision. That, that was so natural to you. Like even when you started your business, like you didn't need to know all the things. I'm like, hey, Debbie just like went and did it. And she just painted a clear vision for people that she's like, this is what I have ahead. And I think that's what I really held on to is when the opinions hit and all of those things, I was like, I don't care because this is where I'm going and this is what I know and this is what I'm speaking about. So can, well, final question, can you just share like how important it has to have, it is to have a clear vision and what what do you define as vision? Like, why is that so important to you as a leader? Okay. Well, vision is like everything. And so when we talk mm-hmm. about valleys and we talk about obstacles, you know, you want to be able to see, right, your business and your life. You want to be able to see because I have to make day-to-day decisions. You have to make day-to-day decisions. But what keeps that fire going is like where I'm going to be in three months or six months or a year from now or five years from now or the lives I'm going to change and the people I'm going to travel with and the 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 new why I'm creating and the whys of other people. And so that fuels me. I could close my eyes. I could see it. I can smell it. I can taste it. Like, so just like this, and again, my analogies sometimes don't make sense, but let's say you're working towards a goal. Okay. And you can see, you can physically see that behind the curtain in front of you, you already see the celebration. You see the gifts, you see the recognition, like you you know that it's definite. It's no matter what can happen. You just have to do A, B, C, and D. You have to go through these things. And and granted, we know that A, B, C, and D is messy on your way to the top of anything. But let's say you knew no matter what, all those people are waiting, it's definitely going to happen. You're moving with a different level of energy, right? Because you already see what's behind that curtain. You already know it's fact. You've already seen it there. That's what I'm talking about with vision. It's like you have to be able to see whether it's somebody for, you know, for me, part of my why was my children to have zero college debt. Zero. I have four children. I'm very grateful that they're very smart. So they came in with merit, but because of my business, they're not getting any sort of financial anything. Okay. That's fine. That's great. I'd rather be on the opposite side, but, but that was a big part of me. It drove me. And so any single time there was a a temptation to sit back or a temptation to, to, I don't want to say lazy, but to, to, 
do what was easy, right? Or, right. or use my mom guilt. I was like, well, okay, so maybe, you know, we, we schedule time to color for an hour or watch a movie for two hours. And then mommy has to go to work and do these things. And every time I felt a little bit of guilt, I'm like, you think they'll understand this or, you know, the fact that they're not going to have any college debt. So again, it's holding that vision, whatever means something for you to look at that vision, because that got me up. It got me moving. It got me, it was unexpected. Granted, there's many people today that have to take out college loans, right? It's very expensive to go to college, but knowledge is power. I knew there was another option for me. I knew that there was something that I can do and give 150% and alleviate that from me and my family. And so the temptation to fall into the trap of average or the temptation to mm-hmm. look at my excuses or the temptation to be like, oh yeah, well, look at this person, that person, I'm not the only one. I didn't want to, I didn't, I wasn't willing to participate in those conversations because my vision was bigger than anything that came my way. And when you hold your vision like that, it becomes the driving force. It becomes the light. It guides you. It moves you. It energizes you. It wakes you. It keeps you up. It keeps you moving. It keeps you going. And it keeps your heart burning for something more. Because if if you don't see your vision and you only see what's around you, right? It's a Helen Keller quote, right? To see and have no vision or have to see is worse than being blind with vision. There's, there's a quote about that. That basically <laughs> vision is better than eyesight. Okay. Because <laughs> yes. sometimes when we only rely on our eyesight, we see what is. And then we could be like, well, look at this person and look at that person and look at the circumstances and look what's going on and look at the company and look at whatever it is that you guys do for a living. Seeing and not have vision, there, there's there's no direction. You're actually just going in the direction of your emotions. You're going in the direction of the people around you. Your vision kind of elevates you and gravitates you towards a bigger purpose and kind of gets you out of your stuff and moves you along. So it's everything. A vision is something that I didn't just have, but I can tell you this, you guys, from experience, there isn't a day that goes by that I don't close my eyes for at least 15 minutes and picture my vision. Because it's something you could, you could get into a car with this most beautiful, pristine windshield and you could be able to see to Mars. But what's going to happen if you're driving and then there's hail and maybe there's snow and then there's, you know, a tractor trailer that drives by and he drives through mud and, and you're not detailing that car and cleaning that car. Eventually you're going to be driving out the window like this. You're going to be trying to wipe it. You're going to drive off the road. You're going to forget where you're going and you're just going to sit there. It's the same thing. When we don't work on our vision, we end up giving other people like almost like they're controlling our eyes and our actions. We're completely giving our power away where vision gets you in the car, driving the car with purpose and faith and love and and driving to wherever it is you want to go in life. Yeah, like I see like it's almost <laughs> this is such has come such a full circle. It's like that becomes like your anchor, right? For your business and your mentality because you're like yeah, the excuses are yeah, like, well, whatever it takes, all the average like all the valleys, everything like no matter what like if you have the emotion that's tied to your vision, your why is it's so clear. And I think, you know, I, like I said we have to have emotion tied to it and I think I always think about like there there's a difference between like emotion and discipline, right? And we have to choose because emotion is going to come in and out and like our daily thoughts, but like we just choose to be disciplined and that kind of goes back. So if emotions allowed, I'm saying it should be tied to your vision. And that's so strong, so powerful. I cannot thank you enough. I know there are so many nuggets of wisdom. I'm taking a ton of notes. Um, I 
can't thank you enough. So thank you so much for being on here. Can you let us know where people can find you on social media or connect with you um, a little bit about your podcast maybe? Okay, amazing. So you can find me anywhere where podcasts are. And my podcast is Level Up with Debbie Neal. And you can find me on Instagram at Level Up at Debbie Neal. And you can find me at Debbie Neal, my regular one. So um, I have loved being on here. This is amazing. Super proud of you. This is just really fun. So I'm glad we could do this together. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, Well, you guys, thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you follow up with Debbie and stay in tune with all of her continuous wisdom and um, her podcast to follow. She is going to fill you up so, so much and continue to give you that fire uh, that you should have for your life and your vision and your business. And to never be average, you guys, don't ever, ever settle and hang on to that vision for what's more, what's next, and immeasurably more, right? So again, always rate, review, and subscribe. That would mean so, so much to me. You can find me on Instagram at Danny Cakes, D-A-N-N-N-I Cakes, or at immeasurably.more.podcast. And next week, I'll be sharing with you guys the top qualities I feel like um, is important as a leader. And so I will leave you guys with this closing verse, Galatians 6, 9, let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time, we will reap harvest if we do not give up.